0: actually the third part of our mission statement. And we know our mission statement at First African Baptist Church to be seeking God, shaping lives, and serving the world. Matter of fact, is seeking God through worship, shaping lives through teaching, and serving the world through mission and evangelism. And we also have our vision statement, which is striving for excellence in kingdom building. So our teaching has been on that last part. We've done the first two parts, and the last part we've been dwelling with on serving, how to serve, how, that we must serve through mission and evangelism. And even though we talk about serving, the question will come up, well, how can we serve with all this trouble we're going through? We know it's God's will that none should perish. We know that it's his will that everyone will come to know him as Lord. God desires that no one would perish for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life and I like to quote John 3:16, but I like to put John 3:17 behind it because sometimes we get kind of bent out of shape as Christians those who love God by trying to tell people what they better do and condemning folk for the things they're doing the things they've said the places they've been but this word of God is clear. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's what God has called us to do, to be a part, and we have to be servants. We have to be servants. We are called to serve. So we've been going over that from Acts chapter 2 about the first century church, and we recognize that as being a church that had all things in common, and they met each other's needs. We've been talking about that and sharing with that. So today you're asking me, well, how can we serve? Coronavirus has just stopped everything. It just has stopped, put a hold on everything. We can't serve like we're supposed to serve. We can't do what we're supposed to do. I'm going to show you today how we can and we're expected to serve even in the midst of trouble. We look at it, sickness and death and curfews and unemployment, confinement, trouble. We just see trouble. But we have been called to serve because we are servants of the Most High God. We've been called to serve. So how can we serve in the midst of trouble? I'm glad you asked that. First of all, we must recognize something about trouble. First of all, the world is in trouble. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, COVID-19 has caused considerable trouble in the world. Sickness, death, financial destruction, destruction period. So much has happened in this world till we can see that the world is in trouble. But please, my brothers and sisters, let me tell you that our world was in trouble long before the coronavirus. We had come to a point where greed was winning out over need. The rich were getting richer and the poor getting poorer. And the news that we were getting was not giving those who depended on the news the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. International corporations making more and more money, and those working making less and less money worldwide. Oh, take a look at the world. We talk about global warming and global warming, and about pollution and how this world was being destroyed from all of the ways of getting money, but yet destroying our very environment. We had been told that if we continue to pollute, if we continue to do what we're doing to the air and to the water, we've been told over and over again, if we continue to do this to our natural resources, that this world, this planet Earth, would cease to exist as we know it. One and one and one. Would cease to exist as we know it. We witness and increase the tornadoes. We witnessed an increase of hurricanes. Uh, you say, I oh, don't know about no increase. Yeah, we saw an increase. I remember one time we went like 25, 26 years or so and only had one hurricane to actually come to Savannah. We were threatening some, but they didn't come to Savannah. But then after that, we've had two or three to come as we get into these times. Not only more hurricanes and more Um, Tornadoes, but we've had more severe thunderstorms, wildfires, floods. One side of the country, there are wildfires. They can't find enough water to put the fire out. Another side of the country, there are floods all over the place. Too much water. I'm telling you, look at the imbalance of this world. You name it, we had it. The world's in trouble, but even with all of that going on, the world still wanted more money, so forget about all the stuff going on. Forget about how we messed messing up the environment. Let's just get more money, because if the world, we got money, we got everything we possibly could need. All right, all right. The world was in trouble. All right. All right. Then comes this virus, and when they show us now that pollution almost overnight reduced to levels we've never seen before. God is still in charge. The world is in trouble. But not only is the world in trouble, we as Christians were and are in trouble. Woo! What do you mean? The church, we have allowed the things of the world to become the things of our world. Let me say it again. We've allowed the things of the world to become the things of our world. We've been called on to serve but have found every reason, rationale, and excuse not to serve this present age our calling to fulfill. We have done our best to get others to do what his people, who are called by his name, were called to do. We, yes, we are in trouble because we fail to love like God wants us to love. We fail to to care like God wants us to care. We fail to live like God wants us to live. We fail to give like God wants us to give. We fail and we are in trouble because of that that we have not done. Obi look clearly in Matthew 25 when he said that the end of the world would be like this. He'll separate the people as the shepherd divides the sheep from the goat. And he said to those on his right. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. Sick and in prison, you visited me. And they said, whoa, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you naked and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? He said, in as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it also unto me. But yet there was another group there that we don't like to talk much about. But there was another group there. There was a group on the left. And the gathered to them. He said, Oh. Oh, you're going into everlasting punishment. And they're like, whoa, why, why, why? why? I've been a good church person. He's no, no, no. When I was hungry, you fed me not. When I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me not in. When I was naked, you clothed me not. When I was sick and in prison, you visited me not. And they said, whoa, time out. We never do that to you, God. No, if we had seen you, we would have fed you. If we had seen you, we would have given you something to drink. Had we seen you, we would have found you a place to stay. Had we seen you, we would have hooked you up. But he said, inasmuch as you did it not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. And they will go away into eternal punishment. We are in trouble. We have been and we are in trouble. And whenever we try not to do what God has called us to do, we find ourselves in trouble. But don't get depressed. Don't, don't, don't be sad about being in trouble. No, no, no. Don't get depressed because we're in trouble and we got trials and we have tribulations because Jesus told us that that would be the situation. Yeah, he said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. He said, in this world, you shall have trouble. Now, I got to always take a survey right here. And I want you to participate. Yeah, yeah, you at home. I want you to participate. Jesus says, in this world, you shall have trouble. I need to see the hands of everybody who's in this world. It, yeah, if you're in this world, raise your hand. All right, that's, that's almost everybody. We got a couple of people that's not in this world. Amen. So whatever world they're in, y'all pray for them. All right, amen. Y'all pray for them. But, but he said, if you're in this world, and the majority of us are, the majority of us are in this world, you shall have tribulation. Now listen, I understand if that was a pronouncement from the president, if the president said you're going to have trouble, you say, oh, here you go again. I understand if that's the governor that says that. I can understand if we were a rattled as much as we love the mayor of Savannah, yeah, Mayor Van Johnson, if, if he said, you know, in this world, you're going to have trouble. In this city, you're going to have trouble. We, we, we could be a little shaken by that. But this is not the mayor talking. Th- this is not the governor talking. This is not the president talking. This is the creator and sustainer of all life. And he said, In this world you shall have tribulation. Why would we be so excited when we see tribulation, trials, and trouble? He said, You're going to have it. But then he tells us this, as those who love him. He tells us this In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. That's King James Version. Y'all know y'all like King James. Be of good cheer. But in here he said, in in this, he said, but take heart. In other words, don't let the trouble overtake you. Well, how can you not let it when you hear it on the news, when everybody's talking, when you can see signs that we have trouble, when you can see the masks, when you can see the gloves, when you can see the people washing their hands, when you can see people being distanced from you who normally will come up to you and hug you, when you see the midst of us being in trouble... How can you be of good cheer? How can you take heart? How can you be encouraged? You can be encouraged because of this last point I want you to see. Yeah, in this world, you see our tribulation. How can you take heart? I'm telling you how. I'm telling you how, I'm telling you why. It's because not only is this world in trouble, not only is the church in trouble, but you're going to be all right because God is in trouble. That's right. I see that. I see that. Yeah. God is in trouble. Mm. Yeah. We are called to serve God in the midst of our trials, tribulations, and troubles, but we don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. You understand God as we celebrate him being Emmanuel. Yeah. And Emmanuel means God with us. But 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 if you did it in the Hebrew, yeah yeah, Rev. you like this? The Hebrew, the Greek. If you did it in the Hebrew, it, it is really not God with us. Yeah, it is with us God. But but now, if it's with us God, I mean, that's not the way we talk. But but what's so significant about Emmanuel being with us God? Very significant. Because if it's with us God, it meant that there was nothing between us and God. Yeah, we're so close to God. God God wants us to know that he's so close to us. He will guide us and keep us. Well, what do you mean he's so close? He's so close that he will never leave us or forsake us. He's so close that he's so much a part of us that when we're in trouble, God is in trouble. And if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is with us in the midst of what we're going through, there's an answer to every problem that we have. There's a solution to everything that we can't figure out when God is with us and holding our hands and guiding our feet and letting us know not just everything will be all right, but everything is all right because he's still God all by himself. But well, well, what do you mean? What does his word say? For those who say, Pastor, you don't preach from the Old Testament enough. I got you this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Yeah, verse 13, 14. The Lord God speaking. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. What will you do, God? That I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. Oh, God got this, y'all. I know we may be sheltered in, but as we shelter in, we ought to be helping those who have no shelter. We ought to be of support to those who have no choice but to put themselves in harm's way so we who are sheltering in can be safe. I've even asked Chief Mentor to let us know of those extreme cases where police officers are going into their own pocket to pay for some extreme cases of people who may not have some elderly and some others who may not have and police know about it and they go I said no 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 that, that, that's the job for the people of God to do I'm not talking about just First African Baptist Church but I'm talking about the people of God should be able to rise up and help those who find themselves in helpless situations during the midst of this crisis situation we are in trouble but God is with us in the midst of trouble how do we know that God is with us because he's made it evidence to everything he's done We know that he sent his son Jesus through 40 and two generations. And do you recognize that when Jesus was born of a virgin Virgin Mary, do you recognize that when he got to this earth, he was in trouble? He was in trouble with those around him. He was in trouble from the very time of his birth. Can you see our Lord and Savior at the age of 12 when he went into the temple and he astounded the elders? And as he was astounding them and talking to them, They've already said that Jesus talked about Joseph not being his earthly father, that Joseph was not his father, because his father was not of this world. When Mary said that it was the Holy Spirit that came upon her, but can you imagine the talk that the children had about Jesus all while he was growing up? Can you see Jesus when he astounded the elders in the temple, and when he said to them, I must be about my father's business, and I can see somebody on the outside of the temple heard that and said, oh, so his daddy must be one of them preachers in that temple. We know it's going to come out sometime. We know it's going to come out somewhere. Can you just hear all the scorn that Jesus had to go through? As he grew up, he was in trouble. But as he continued to grow up and he became a man, and, and you could see him even as he was baptized of John in the Jordan. Can you see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Even then, they should have known he was the one. When the spirit descended as a dove and the heavens opened and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. They should have been able to see that he was who he said he was. But as he went through, they lied on him. They ridiculed him. They called him everything but a child of God. Can you see out of all that Jesus went through for you and for me? But look at our Lord and Savior. No matter what they said about him, no matter what they did to him, he was an example to us of how we ought to love. He was an example to us of how we ought to give. He was an example to us of how we ought to live. And you see our Lord and Savior, even when they took time after he had gone to the upper room and observed what we're observing today, he had gone to the upper room and took the bread and took the cup, the fruit of the vine. He had blessed it and said, take eat, take drink, eat this with me. And even as they did that, and he left to go into the garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says as he prayed, he prayed as sweat dropped down like drops of blood. He was praying. And in his prayer, he even said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup, let this cup of trouble, let this cup of tribulation, let this cup of separation, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, what we all ought to be mindful of when he said this, he said, but not my will, but your will be done. Oh, my brothers and sisters, what an awesome lesson God teaches us about serving in such a time as this. It needs to not be my will, but it needs to be the will of God in everything we do. And then they arrested him, took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Can you see our Lord and Savior? When they took him and marched him up to the cross with a cross, they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head. And on the cross, because he loves me so much, on the cross, because he loves you so much, the Bible says he died oh hallelujah he died for your sins he died for my sins not that we've been so good not that we've gotten it right but because we've messed up because we've come short because we've been living in trouble he died that we might have life He was in trouble enough to die for you. He was in trouble enough to die for me. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power, power over the grave, victory over death. He ascended into heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us, to guide us, to direct us, to bless us, and to help us to live like he wants us to live, to help us to give like he wants us to give, to help us to do what he wants us to do. He sent back the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and the Holy Spirit is with us now, even in the midst of trials even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of family problems, even in the midst of employment problems, even in the midst of the coronavirus, He is with us now. The Holy Spirit lives in us. God got us back, but one day Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for His church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back. That day is coming. But even through the time that we're waiting, He's with us. One Him knowledge is put it this way. I've seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dancing, trying to conquer my soul. I heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on, because he promised. Y'all got to hear me today. He promised. It's a promise from God. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. The second verse says, this world's Fierce wind is blowing, temptation sharp and keen. I have a peace in knowing my Savior stands between. He stands to shield me from danger when all my friends are gone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And the third verse says, yeah, this is where we are. When in afflictions valley, I tread the road of care my savior helps me to carry my cross so heavy to bear to all around me is darkness my earthly joys are flown my savior whispers his promise never to leave me alone and this my best verse i love this last verse it gives joy to my heart it says he died on calvary's mountain for me they pierced his side for me, he opened that fountain, the crimson cleansing tide. For me, he's waiting in glory upon his heavenly throne. He promised, I said he promised, he promised, I said he promised, never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, no, never alone, no, never alone, he promised. Never to leave me, never, 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 never to leave me alone. Oh, thank you, God. No matter what you're going through, he's with you. No matter how dark the clouds may seem, he's with you. No matter what your financial situation might be. He's with you. No matter what the doctor said, He's with you. No! Never alone. No! Never alone. No! Never alone. He's with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go on into His name. Thank you, Lord. No! Never alone. No! Never alone. No! Never alone. He gets your back he got your butt. he got everything about you. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify. G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.